everybody. I'm C. I'm Jen. And you're listening to Tom Tit and Baobab. Welcome to season two of Tom Titten Baobab, the New York Times Spelling Bee inspired podcast that is all about words, word games, and the word nerds who love them. Listeners, we are so excited to be back after our nice long summer hiatus. Or vacay, as everyone except Sam likes to say. Vacay. I love the word vacay. And as you can <laughs> already tell, some things about TNB season two will be the same. Our word banter, our theme music, written by my awesome son, Zane, and our good-natured ribbing of spelling bee editor, Sam Izerski. But other things will be a bit different, and dare I say, better? You can 100% say better, but you can't say the word poopy, because you know, not a B word. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we're gonna talk about that one, let me tell uh, you. Uh, uh, uh. Lemmy, L-E-M-M-E, no, not a B word. Fine, damn it. Yes, that is a B word. (laughs) (laughs) Finally. So where was I? We're podding or casting, podcasting. We are podcasting back better. One big change you'll notice is that we are consolidating our usual four segment structure into three. We'll still have the Week in Bees and Deep Dive. And then the third segment will be a wild card. That's right. Sometimes it'll be a word game. Sometimes it'll be a conversation. Maybe it'll even be a rock opera about critical issues like the plight of the honeybee. Wait, really? We didn't talk about that. That's ridiculous. (laughs) I am a honeybee. (laughs) You asked for it. (laughs) You did. And I'm so happy that I did. Thank you. (laughs) I was kidding about the rock opera because we're only coming back better, not best. Why can't we be best? <laughs> we can, but we're going to save that for season three. Fine. But we still get to do interviews this season, right? Yes, absolutely. Here in season two, we will also sometimes have interviews with smart and fascinating people. Today, for example, we will be talking to the creator of everyone's favorite destination for bee solving hints, a man who is pretty friggin' awesome. You know, that's not a word. <sighs> so friggin' stupid that friggin' doesn't count. <laughs> that's such crap. Can I say yes, crap? and crapping. Just not poopy. Not poopy. (laughs) It's crazy, right? Like, obviously, he's never changed a poopy diaper. I was thinking the other day, if this were Family Feud, and the question was a blank diaper, the number one answer on the board would be poopy. (laughs) Poopy, and like, also turd. What does he have against turd? He just... Right? He doesn't like what my grandmother would call brown words. Ah, (laughs) brown words. I like that. So we can't say poopy, but we can say... Grandpapa? Yes, if we say it, grandpapa. (laughs) (laughs) Or grandpapa. I'm still totally not sure about that. Oh, it's got to be grandpapa. It it just, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's ridiculous. But grandpapa does sound very like, I mean, you know, Hans Christian Andersen story. And my grandpapa (laughs) went off to the woods to kill my grandmother. (laughs) He did not go off into the woods to dig a hole and poopy Uh, in it. (laughs) Yes, no friggin' poop. That is true. Oh, you can have poop, just no friggin' poopy. Right, we can have poop. Right. Just not a turd. We can have poop, but not one turd, and it can't be poopy. Yeah, uh, but it can be crappy. Yes, grandpapa. <laughs> grandpapa. Poopy grandpapa. For those of you who are wondering why we are spending what might seem an inordinate amount of time on these words, it's because we've been waiting all summer to talk about them. Grandpapa, because it is a ridiculous word that was in an August B, and poopy, because it is a word that is in no B ever. 
Yes, including this week's puzzles, which is the perfect segue into the week in bees. This is the part of the show where we talk about the New York Times spelling bees from the previous week. Today, we're talking about bees starting Saturday, September 3rd and ending Friday, September 9th. Jen, kick us off. I would be glad to. But before we start assessing the tilth this week, is there anything else about the summer, grand poopy or otherwise, that we need to get out of our system? No Uh, pun intended. Maybe we can do like a speed round. All right. So speed round. I don't know what that means. Um, Like one minute to say everything about the summer. So like starting now, go. Ah, okay. Journo? Journo. So stupid. British. British slang. He doesn't even count American slang. Vacay. No journal. Oh, my God. You? Fablet, obviously. I mean, not really summer, like kind of. Oh, you took the easy one. Fine. Frag. I hated the word frag. Frag? What did frag mean? Frag is a fragmentation grenade. And fragging, (laughs) fragging is for Merriam-Webster to deliberately injure or kill one's military leader by means of a fragmentation grenade. And he counted all this. Man. Okay. My favorite and this isn't even a bad word. It's just crazy. G-I-G-U-E. Oh, yeah. That's been in there forever. Jig, I assume. But I get it. But I just happened to look at it and think about words this summer. And I was really like, gig you. And then I, yeah. I wanted to talk about it. It makes you want to do a jig. Yeah, or gig you. <laughs> do you know what my favorite words this summer what? were? Havelina. Ah, uh, Havelina. Okay, so guys, Jen freaked out on the javelina day and i was so happy because <laughs> i got it because i know what a javelina is i eventually is, got it with lots of hints <laughs> but then she was obsessed with javelinas it was so exciting was. i was obsessed with javelinas also called skunk pigs they uh, eat cactus so cool oh my gosh we're so over our minute oh fine last words heel tap ah uh, heel tap i love heel tap i know it was a good one also like i learned something about what a heel tap yeah. is jen me too tell them heel tap right it's like the end of your drink right right you heel tap it on the bar click click i like the idea of a heel tap of rot gut ah uh, which would be like the grossest thing ever to drink yes i like that i found heel tap and just thought of course heel tap's a word i tap my heels i was a tap dancer you know <laughs> All right. Unlike summer. Huzzah. Uh, unlike, that was a good summer word. It was, Huzzah. It was. Unlike summer, though, that was exhausting, Jen. Can we do this week now? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I give this week's bees a B, like a B minus. But Wait, why? You but, got queen like every day this no, week, didn't you? I didn't. I don't know. I liked the short ones, but then there were those two back-to-back giant crazy puzzles in the middle of the week, and that annoyed me. Right. But one of them was pretty easy, wasn't it? Wednesday and Thursday. Yeah. Is that this two? Yeah. The, right. Because Sunday was big too, but it was Sunday's the, not the middle the of the week. Okay. So Wednesday's wasn't too bad. That was the day where it was ordinal. Love that word. Mm-hmm. So I was happy. I was unhappy that inordinal isn't a word because I was like, inordinal, that's Me the too. other word. But it's not. But, but wait, uh, Wednesday was the day of the great spelling bee lockout. Wait, I don't know what you're talking so, about. I was walking down the street, looking at my bee. Can I just tell you guys, was... this is what she does. She walks her dog, except instead of like walking or looking, she just looks at her phone. So when you- What else am I supposed to do the bee? I was walking down the street. Actually, I wasn't looking at the bee yet. I went to look at the bee and it said, locked, you need to subscribe. Uh... And I said, hmm, I already am subscribed. That's weird. So I put my phone away. When I got inside, I checked my computer. It was working again. Oh, good. 
But apparently a bunch of people got locked out of the beat huh. on Wednesday. So I didn't even finish the puzzle because by the time I got back to it, I was like, I don't even feel like doing uh, it anymore. Did you know what a dirndl was? No. D-I-R-N-D-L. I saw that you tweeted about it and I was like, what the heck? It's a German dress skirt St. Pauli girl type of thing. But you never heard, I mean, like this is the kind of thing that if somebody was going to know it, you'd be the person. Yeah. And I've never heard that in my life. And also he doesn't ever count thigh high. Thigh so high. I had this big argument with my son about thigh high. He was like, thigh high, what's that? And I was like, well, you don't know women's fashion and neither does say. And boot cut. <laughs> I told you, he doesn't know boot cut either. He never includes right. that. So no thigh high, but dirndl. We right. know what century. We, yeah, uh, we know what Sam Sam's like fantasy <laughs> visions are. <laughs> There's no thigh high. <laughs> Would you spell thigh high with a double H in the middle? I don't think so. Would you? I don't know. Cause uh, I remember trying to type it in and being like, oh, he must not. Uh, like I thought I misspelled it the first time. And then I was like, no, right. Sam just doesn't count it. I know, but uh, it's such a word. Sorry. It totally is a word. I did like uh, Thursdays though, that Fooey was Fooey there. Fooey was fun. Fooey is Hooey. like, and Hooey. Yes, that was good. But not Ooey. Uh, I know. I know you're upset about that. I was. <laughs> did any of the words take you a while to get yesterday? Because you got queen yesterday. Yesterday. Yes. It took, I had honeypot right off. Then I had phenotype. And then mm -hmm. like, it was a while before I got neophyte. And then I was like, what took me so long to think of neophyte? And then I was you're spent a neophyte. way too long thinking about what other neo words could be there. And as mm -hmm. usual, I don't like, if I can just complain for a minute, when neo, topo, hypno, when there's all these words that mm -hmm. do have words attached to them, or like right. how many times I put phonotype in that, you know, is a word mm -hmm. that you didn't count, but I kept being like, did I spell it wrong? What's wrong? Yep. Anyway, that always annoys me because I spent a whole lot of time thinking that like, I've just missed the weird prefix that he'll take, you know? Anyway. Yeah, I totally agree. I did the same thing. I mean, I got neophyte really early on ah. and it took me forever to get honeypot. Oh, that was one of the there. last words that I got. You're not reading your poo, are you? <laughs> <laughs> Funny how poo should come up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> poo was in there. I was like, oh, really? That's kind of exciting. Oh, but not poo-poo. Oh, no, no. Or poo-poo. I like, know. Pop -pop. Which is weird. Um, you do poo-poo things, but anyway. Yeah, but no, I didn't get honeypot until much later. I think my very last word was hot pot. Ah, yeah. See, this is you. Food words. That reminds me on Saturday, September 3rd. So I knew that it was a bingo. Mm -hmm. And so I'm trying to figure out like, what's the N? I'm missing an N. And then I was like, nigiri. I love nigiri. Mm -hmm. This is great. But speaking of words that I don't know if you know, did you know that that well, was a word? I didn't, but you will appreciate it that I was considering that for the deep dive word this ah! week because we never do Japanese words. Right. And my nephews were here this summer and they are half Japanese American. And especially my younger nephew, Aiden, is starting to really like get into his Japanese heritage. Cool. And he was appalled by my Japanese pronunciation <laughs> skills. <laughs> like he would, he's really into anime and I would try to say the names of the anime shows and he would be like, no, just stop. Just stop. So I wanted to do Nigiri. Then I thought he would yell at me for how I pronounced it, even gotcha. though I practiced online. Do you know that there's a thing where you can, on Google, where if you type in pronunciation of something, you can practice it and it tells you how you said it wrong? Oh, that's cool. I know Very that it cool. would tell you things, but I didn't know that yeah. you could do that. Nice. Very nice. Try it. Anyway, I did not know what that was, but now I know all about it. Yeah. Well, yeah. And it tastes really good too, but not probably to you. So I'm a vegetarian. <laughs> 
You can have vegetable nigiri. That's possible. I thought it had to be fish. But I mean, you know, just like they have vegetable sushi rolls. Yeah, but then it wouldn't be nigiri anymore. It would be something else. Not necessarily. I mean, come You're on. the sushi expert. <laughs> I love my sushi. All right. Veld and velt. Tell me what those words are. V-E-L-D and V-E-L-D-T. I believe that velt is a grassland. Ah, interesting. And what about veld? It's the same. The oh, variants. That's weird. Is this another German day? They sound very German. No, they, I believe, so it's South Africa, especially that they're founded. And I believe that it's Dutch. like a Dutch word. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Weird, but I'll take it. He actually loves grasslands. There's some other like tilf, veld, veld, you know, like what is up with? <laughs> That's such a uh, pampa. A pampa, right. He wants to live in like with a weird German lady at a grassland. That's my theory. <laughs> Speaking of obsessions that Sam has, yes. one word that people on Twitter were upset that he didn't include was a bird word oh. that I didn't know, but I was happy to learn, which is hoopoe. Oh, I saw that. But I do not... H-O-O-P-O-E, but pronounced hoopoe. Yeah, I have no problem that he didn't count that because I did not know what it is. And I do not need it's every really bird. Is it cute? Did you look at no, it? It has it like, like a crown. It's like a crested crown bird. A long one. It's not a blurb or a floof bird. Huh. Okay. We can't have yeah. every bird. I'm sorry. We just can't. I mean, I like the tom tit and I think- I'm just know. saying maybe he's moving away from birds towards grassland. Well, I right hope now. he's not moving away. Like today, I was very sad we couldn't have tom tit. This is Friday, September 8th, because there's mm-hmm. a sea in the middle. I know. I was too. No fair. Yeah. Do you think he's doing it to us on purpose? Oh, that's interesting. Yes. I'm sure it's all about us. You know what? <laughs> I also- <laughs> uh, Of course. <laughs> the other thing that I was thinking this week is that sometimes- tell me if you do this i will type in words that i know shouldn't be there because i want to catch sam being a jerk wait what do you mean like hottie oh right? wait hottie but, should definitely be there i was very unhappy that hottie well wasn't i think there. that you spell it with an ie but oh, i was like would, oh would if i put it? in hottie and it counts then i can call sam a jerk wait a minute wait do you not think that hottie with an ie should be there yeah i mean Do I think it should be there? Yes. I guess it should be. Hottie. I'm writing that hottie definition. Oh, there's hottie toddy. You're right that, well, no, it's spelled both ways. Hottie and hottie. It's spelled both ways? According to, you know, the Google dictionary. I want to say that I really have been enjoying recently the tweets of at JW Burr 10. Because? Put out a tweet about hottie and naughty. Neither (laughs) which one was there. Wait, naughty, (laughs) N-O-T-T-Y? Yeah. What's naughty? Like a hottie or a naughty? Like uh, hot or not? See, naughty is obnoxious. Hottie is great. Naughty, not yeah. not so good. No, no, no. But it was a funny tweet. Ah, I gotcha. I was thinking that you would like hottie. You'd be like, I'm a hottie art historian. What, what, there was some artwork. And I, was talking, I was like, ooh. <laughs> I was thinking about it. But then, as usual. Speaking of art history, <laughs> I, on September 7th, the word rondo appeared, which is not an art history. The music, word. music word. word. I'm very happy. And... You know that my pet peeve is Tondo not being included. Yes. So I think it's really ridiculous that we can have Rondo, but not We tondo. should have a Rondo. That's all I'm going to say. And a Tondo. So we can have Tondo. That's fine. I'm down yeah. with it. 
if we can have a wild wood. Oh, right. So what the heck is that? I mean, I picked it because I just went to Wildwood. And, you know, I always just put in random crap because you never know. It's a beach town where people drink a lot. I understand what Wildwood is. I was there. <laughs> but so do you think Wildwood is really just a wild wood? It is. I looked it up. That's so great. It's like an do you untamed know you- wood. Oh my God. And do you know, it's called the Wildwoods. If you're on the highway to Wildwood growing up in Philadelphia, like that is not a thing, but I guess there's North Wildwood and then Wildwood. That's really interesting. And just because we're talking about it, I'm also going to tell you that they had some of the craziest looking mini golf courses ever. And you know, that's cool. We like mini things. (laughs) There've been no mini words in a long time. Today on Friday, the ninth should be all mini. And I know, but I haven't found one yet. No mini comics. What the heck? Mini comics. Mini cut. Mini cots. Mini comic. I want a mini comic. Yeah, but that's not really a word. Why not? I don't know. It should be. You're right. Everything <laughs> should you. be mini. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if I can have a mini kini, I want a mini or a mono comic. A mono comic. <laughs> my... Is that like just a single square? Yeah, exactly. Is For mono my mono kini. When I'm wearing like my mono kini, I want to read a mono comic. There you Speaking go. Speaking of ways that the spelling bee could be improved. Oh, yes. Bolding entered the world of the spelling bee this week. Yeah, that was yeah. great, wasn't it? I loved that. So all of the pangrams are now bolded. Yeah, it really helps when he has multiple pangrams. And when I say he, of course, I mean mm-hmm. Sam. I like the pangrams being bolded. And I like that Sam, I think, was responding to the Twitter verse and... Or ah. the people who were on the B forum, which I now discovered is a thing on the New York Times games board. Oh, which boy. I can't. Are you even... on there no, too? When am I going to go on there? When do people have time <laughs> to go on these things? I don't understand. <laughs> it's hard That's enough awesome. being on Twitter. I mean, I would like to, yes. but this is not my full time job. Yes. And if it was, you'd have like physical therapy or something. So. <laughs> I would injure myself looking at, at the beat. As you were walking, looking down. Yeah, well, I probably phone. need more than physical therapy. I'd probably be in one of those like full body cast oh, get up thingies. Uh, well, Jen, I forgot how much I enjoy this weekly review. <laughs> I am not surprised because you forget everything, but it was fun. Well, there's actually one thing that I never forget because I am so good at it. Hmm. Announcing the next part of the show. Yes, that is true. I will give you that. And I'll give you the word of the week. This is the part of the show where we take a deep dive into one word from the previous week's puzzles. Jen and I take turns selecting a word, researching it, and surprising each other with our finds. Since I have been busy getting two boys back to school this week and Jen strengthens homework, she volunteered to go first this season. Jen, what's the word? The word is doornail. Doornail, really? Doornail, which appeared on Wednesday, September 7th. I have to say, I don't remember if I got doornail. What? Because it was the day that I got locked out and then I didn't go back there. Oh, right, 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 right. Also, it's a compound word and you know I often miss compound words. And... I never say doornail. You never say doornail. Do you ever say doornail? Hmm, now you have me thinking. <laughs> exactly. Why is doornail a word now that we're talking about this? <laughs> that is what I wondered. It didn't even occur to me. I was like, doornail, that's obvious. What the heck is a doornail? What is a doornail? Explain. After I thought about it, the only thing that I've ever heard it as is dead as a doornail. Right. Right. And 
then I was like, why is a doornail dead? So a doornail is a large headed nail and it was used indoors. Right. (laughs) That part's obvious. And I am not going to go into the history of like the etymology of door and the etymology of nail, other than to say they both are we know like what these words mean. Old yes. English from old high German from Latin and Greek. German. Okay, go ahead. But the thing that makes doornail interesting is its use as part of what the grammarist calls an idiomatic simile, which is dead as a doornail. Right. Idiomatic. Okay. What does that mean? simile i liked that it's an idiom and it's a simile (laughs) an idiom remind me exactly what an idiom is an idiom is like an idiosyncratic phrase that is used in a language to mean something. it's like a saying yes right 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 okay that's all it means so it's just another way to say a saying okay i just like thinking of idiomatic similes like that sounds like i know that's why i quoted it it. sounds real smart so i was kind (laughs) of like oh i like that phrase Uh, (laughs) go ahead what the grammarist actually said was an idiomatic simile emphasizing dead so ah dead dead as a doornail not dead as a doornail So where does this come from and why are we talking about doornails? It's a good question, right? Because why do we still talk about doornails? They go back a thousand years, I think, at this point, basically. Um, So the phrase dead as a doornail goes all the way back to the 1300s in English. And it was in Piers Plowman, which you might have heard of, which was a 1362 poem. But before that, it showed up in Mm -hmm. a in a poem which was translated by the same person that wrote Piers Plowman. It was translated from the French into what I guess is Middle English, but Ikabota of Nibala, it's like Canterbury Tales. <laughs> a sport time, I am dead as Dora Nail. I don't think there's anyone to offend <laughs> with your bad Middle English, but if you could, I think you would. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so somebody said at some point said this ridiculous thing. And then it was used in Shakespeare. Ah, and most people think that gotcha. it comes from Shakespeare, right? Because Shakespeare so used it in Henry the Fourth, part two. Look well on me. I have eat no meat these five days, yet come thou and thy five men. And if I do not leave you all dead as a doornail, I pray God I may never eat grass more. Mm. Did I just insult Shakespeare? Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) And then it shows up in Dickens in 1843, A Christmas Carol. Old Marley was dead as a doornail. Uh. And in the 1980 Rolling Stones song, Let Me Go. This affair is dead as a doornail. Hey, baby, won't you let me go? Where's the singing? Where I hope you look, listen to the music. I did uh, it. <laughs> Do you know how it goes? Uh, no, but now I should look it up and try I to know, sing it. I know, we should. Yeah. Uh, maybe I'll like insert it and hope we don't get sued by the yeah. Rolling Stones. <laughs> that would be great. But, like This is crazy, right? This is a weird phrase that has been around for like hundreds of years. True, though. You've just given like one a century, so it's not that... <laughs> That common, <laughs> but you are right that it's one of these things you totally know, mm-hmm. and I you've now made me wonder if either of my kids would have ever heard it. My mm-hmm. guess is no, but I'm going to ask them tonight, so thank you. Yeah, okay, so dead is a door now, and you think that's why he put it here, okay, like only because of that phrase, yeah, because why else would you use door now? Because let me tell you about door nails, right? Right, that's they're nails the next obvious in a thing. door, they're nails in a door, yeah, and they were used in the middle ages and 
there at pre-industrialization. They were used right. to strengthen doors. And if you've ever seen one of those old castle doors that looks like it has studs right. in it, That's a door those nail. are actually doornails. Gotcha. And the way that doornails work is that they get hammered into the wood with a process called clenching or clinching. And that is where you hammer it straight through and then it's protruding out of the other side and you bend that side back into the wood so that it looks like uh, a staple on the back. And that right, gives right, it right. extra security. And once it has been hammered in like that, you basically can't get it out and straighten it again. Right. So it's dead. It's called dead, dead nailing. Ah, dead is a that's what it means. And ah. it's a big deal because when doornails were used, they were expensive Expensive, there was no factory made nails it was like everyone had to be handmade so mostly rich people would use doornails because they could procure new ones if they needed to whereas if you were poor once you dead nailed your nails you were kind of screwed in fact right that's there is this guy named malcolm or his youtube name is malcolm pl and he has this great video about how clenching is done where he shows you the process of dead nailing and he said there are anecdotally stories about people burning down their houses to get the nails Ah, out of the wood crazy and so this process happened for a really long time and eventually was replaced by screws any idea when screws come in i do rudimentary screws whatever (laughs) those are have been around since the first century but they didn't start being mass produced until the late 18th century so once screws came in we didn't really need to use doornails very much anymore although you can still see them for like decorative things they're used yeah so i got really into like what does this mean what does this look like you know because i don't know anything about carpentry (laughs) i still don't know anything about carpentry but i found this blog at lost art press which talks all about clinching and it actually cited a study talking about how much like stronger clinching can make a joint in wood and it is Clinching can increase the holding power of a nail between 45% and 464%. It doesn't make sense. Of course it's way stronger. You've like closed it off at the end. I know, but that's like a huge amount. Well, because the other way it doesn't work. You just push it right off. And apparently, if you do it across... That's it. What's the 400%? It's it's, it's totally stronger. Okay, carpentry expert. I'm a statistical (laughs) expert. Let me tell you that that is a ridiculous comment. (laughs) Okay, well, how about this? And you're going to say this is obvious too, but it's not something that I had thought of before, which is that if you clinch the nail across the grain, it can be up to 20% stronger than if you do it along the grain. Which makes sense to me too, yes. right? So, but basically, if I mean, how often do you think about these things? I'm not these at things? all. To be honest, when I saw doornail, I was like, doornail, duh. Yeah. I yes. didn't even think twice about you it. You were dumb as a doornail. I was dumb as a doornail. That's not a thing, is it? No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what is a thing? Yes. Dead is a dodo. Wait, it is? Dead is a doorknob. Ah. Dead as a dormouse, dead as dead a, a mutton, and dead as a herring. Dead as a mutton. 
<laughs> but you don't hear Rolling Stones singing about any of those. <laughs> uh, I've never heard of that. But if Bear's dead is, is a great. mutton. <laughs> oh my God. That is really good. I wonder if our special guest would have thought of any of this. Hmm. Uh, our special guest. Our special guest. I can't wait to find out who that is. Do we have a transition for our new show segment, Cecilia? Hmm, let's see. Our new show segment, Wild Card. It's <laughs> <laughs> really upsetting. <laughs> We are beyond thrilled to welcome a special guest to TNB today. Woo! He is a Hugo and Nebula Award nominee and author of The Accidental Terrorist, Confessions of a Reluctant Missionary. He is also a programmer and puzzle maker. To our listeners, he is probably best known as the brains behind Spelling Bee Solver. He is the incomparable William Shun. <laughs> Welcome, Bill. Can we call you Bill? Please call me Bill. Welcome. Uh, and and it's just awesome to be here. I love what you we do. We love what you do. It's a mutual love fest here. <laughs> and we have so many questions. We have been saving right. up these questions for, yeah. like, I don't know, years now, probably. <laughs> years. Well, as long as we've done the spelling bee and knew that you existed. Yes. We're not obsessed with you or anything, Bill. Don't worry. <laughs> It's so, a sure sign that we are. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, should I be unlisting my phone number? We're not now? stalkers. We're just obsessors. Totally but, different category. But speaking of how long we've been obsessed with you, tell us about the Spelling Bee Solver and why did you create it and when did you create it? What's the genesis? I probably started playing Spelling Bee in August of 2018, something like that. And I became obsessed with it right off the bat. And there weren't any, really any tools at the time to help you, uh, to help you solve it, to give you clues. And I never wanted to wait until the next day to know what the answers were. <laughs> I just couldn't take it. So I downloaded myself uh, an English language dictionary. I compiled a whole bunch of dictionaries, actually, Scrabble lists and other words like that. Uh, and made myself a little online tool where I could put in the letters for the day's spelling bee and get a list of words. And I would go through the words. And most of them were not in the spelling bee. Some of them were. And that's how it started. Ah. Uh, it was just a way to help me get through the spelling bee and not drive myself crazy trying to solve it all day oh, long. Oh, that's great. And eventually, eventually, I added a, a search feature so that other people could enter any set of letters they wanted to and get some results back. And I started posting about it in the wordplay mm -hmm. uh, comment section at the New York Times website. Ah. A few other people started using it. And then I realized I should start recording uh, what letters had been used each day and what the, what the result words were. I built a little database. I put all that together and I adopted some of the conventions that the the commenters in wordplay were using to to talk about the spelling bee and share hints someone had come up with the idea of doing the grid that was not me and to compile a few other little statistics uh, so i wrote something that would let me input the answers and would spit out those uh those tables automatically 
from that point, it just took off. People would request features and I'd add new features. Ah. Uh, I added a glossary and a fact at some point. And I've just been periodically um, trying to beef up everything that Spelling Bee Solver can do with, you know, with an archive of past pangrams and with statistics about various puzzles, all sorts of things. And the latest thing that I've added is the ability to uh, see what what words are debut words on any nice. given day. Yeah. And I especially, I've always been very interested in words that were once disallowed from the spelling bee and that have been allowed in or words that appear mm -hmm. and go away and come back and things like that. I, I like to keep track of all those things. Do you ever go back and look at them? And like, do you have any sense of if there's a theme to words that were disallowed and now are allowed? When it comes to those sorts of words, not really. <laughs> it's, it's just, I can't figure it out. It's hit and no miss. one can. <laughs> yeah, it's, I can often come up with a reason yeah. when people ask on Twitter why a word might have been disallowed, yeah. but then why Sam makes the decision to, to allow it after a certain period of time, I don't know. Is he just caving to pressure? Yeah. I don't think so. Your next programming <laughs> challenge should be something that replicates Sam's brain fit <laughs> out what Sam That's really going to be next but generation I, AI. <laughs> it's closer than you think. I wanted to ask you, Bill, everything that you just said sounds so time consuming as people who have day jobs and podcast on the side. <laughs> that's like a huge commitment. How much of your life are you dedicating to this? Well, I've gotten better at this over time. What I've everything I've done with Spelling Bee Solver is is trying to evolve it to the point where I can get the hints generated with minimal effort every day. You know, I'm a computer programmer. I like to figure out how to make things more efficient and to give myself less work. Well, so you've already warned us that you don't want to give away trade secrets, which is totally <laughs> fair. But so if I'm asking you something you don't want to give away, just say it. Sure. So my thought of what you must do is that you must generate the list and then at three in the morning, either you or uh, the program runs it against the actual B. Is that true or is that not something you want to say? I would say that's a very interesting theory. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> because if, if someone just puts in the list to spelling bee solver, like, you know, if you put in any random seven letters, you're going to get everything that's in your dictionary, right? Or everything that's exactly. in some dictionary. Okay. Okay. Exactly. Everything that's in, everything that's in my specially generated dictionary that I know is either, has either appeared in the spelling bee before or has never had the chance to appear in spelling bee. Gotcha. So now if it was like on the day of Fablet, were you like, what? Like that didn't come up and I need to like now figure out what the stupid word was. Well, we could go off for an hour on the word Fablet. I loved your response. It made me so happy. I would have been so mad if you hadn't already been so mad for me. So <laughs> my, my 
my girlfriend and I the other day were, uh, I was telling her about the whole phablet thing. And she said, that really sounds like the name of a made up drug. Yeah. <laughs> so we I was just going to say, I like... still don't believe that it's a word. <laughs> I've now seen it online. I've looked it up multiple times and I just refuse to believe that yeah. it's a word. It is no, no, no. It's, it's a real word. It's just uh, don't take phablet uh, if you're allergic to phablet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, that word was not a surprise to me. Because it appeared in the spelling bee once before. Ah, gotcha. Um, back in, I believe it was June 2018, but it was way back in the very okay. early days of the spelling bee. And I had run across it because, you know, I did not start uh, keeping a record of the answers to the spelling bee until September 2018, mm. late then. And I'm a completist. And it really bothered me not to have complete data for the spelling bee going all the way back to the beginning. So I gathered what I what I could. There was another site, um, one that a lot of people consult, nytb.com, that had been keeping records of the answer list back to about July 12th, uh. 2018. But the spelling bee started on May 9th, 2018. So there's a little over two months there, I had no idea what had happened. And then in, at some point in the wordplay comment section, somebody mentioned that they had a spreadsheet that they'd been keeping the Whoa. a lot of the answers in all along. So I managed to contact them and I got a copy of the spreadsheet. It was not complete, but I found someone else who had another spreadsheet <laughs> and we combined them all in, in a, one big Google documents. Only, only B people would be keeping yes. spreadsheets. <laughs> we were we were crazy. I was gonna say and we're started, crazy. We we're started together crazy. the work of, of reconciling <laughs> the differences between the two lists and then also mining Twitter for tweets mm. that were posted on the days of those puzzles and looking there for confirmation of what words might have been yeah. uh, might have been used. And the spreadsheets had the total number of points. And sometimes those disagreed. Wow. What we would do, I would just run the, the letters for the day through my spelling bee solver and look at the list and see which words were likeliest to have mm -hmm. appeared. And then see if I could confirm some of the stranger ones. Fablet was not even on my radar that day, <laughs> but I found, I ran across mm -hmm. two tweets. One of them said something like, Fablet, are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> Like, yeah, wow. Yeah, and yeah, that, yeah. that's when I found out what that word meant. Mm -hmm. Gosh. So has there been a word that you just, you had no idea? I mean, do you ever have days where you're just like, wait a minute, I've got to figure out what the end <laughs> of this puzzle could be? I have not had a word yet that did not actually appear in my dictionary. Okay. One of my sources for the word list is Wiktionary, uh, which just has way too many words yeah yeah, <laughs> and, and tons of words that probably aren't even words i don't right. know yeah uh, so. i'm always very skeptical of the words that don't appear in any dictionary except for wiktionary yes <laughs> those are the ones that i'm like that should not be in there that's just wrong. but i kind of i like those yeah. words now you mentioned nytb so that did exist or it got started around the same time what's the difference that site, as far as I know, is the oldest Spelling Bee archive site. Mm -hmm. And I guess it, it beat me by about two and a half months. And what was the difference? What did you think that you needed that they didn't have for you? Well, good question. Let me mull for a moment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they didn't really have a, a, a search facility. 
one part of what I really wanted to do with Spelling Bee Solver, and and it was more important to me in the beginning than actually keeping a record of the Spelling Bee itself, was to play around with combinations of seven-letter words or seven letters. I was really interested in seeing what combination of letters led to making good puzzles, uh, maybe to get some insight into how mm. Sam created the puzzles. Mm. For the first couple of years, the thing I had noticed was uh, that there was never more than two vowels in mm. any uh, in any puzzle. Oh. And it, now that's not yeah. true anymore. That's not true right? anymore. It was a big deal though okay. when it changed. Like the ah. first time that Sam used three vowels, not not counting Y, in in a puzzle, it just exploded the number of of answers that. It came back so you think list. at the beginning he really wanted to keep it small? I do. Yeah. Ah, yeah. interesting. Very. Yeah. So I introduced Jen to the B, and it didn't even occur to me to go past Genius because that was the last number they had up there, and I was like, okay, and like who knows how long this could go, right? So why would you even try? And then you know, of course, Jennifer is much more insane than I am. No, I'm a completist. I I see you. I appreciate that. (laughs) Right. And I am not a completist. I didn't care. And so she said, well, what's the end of this? And I said, I do not know. So for me, the the thing that you do that is like by far, I mean, it's actually the only thing I really use is the just what is queen? Why do you think he doesn't put queen on there? Do you have any insight? Yes. In the beginning, Sam actually posted some tweets that indicated he didn't even expect anyone would ever get to Queen B or mm. have it as a goal. Mm. It was a it was an Easter egg, yeah. just in case. Gotcha. So they would only list uh the numbers up to up to genius. And it was I don't know. I don't know if it was in probably in the comments on wordplay and on Twitter, people discovered that there was such a thing and started going mm-hmm. for it. And I think that kind of changed everything. But still, Queen Bee is not listed there for people who don't know about it. Right. Although I've it's noticed, crazy. Bill, have you noticed, this has been going back and forth with me, where sometimes when I play, they've added Queen Bee to the rankings, and then yes. it goes away, and then it comes back. Yes. Do you have any yeah. insight into that? I No, none. <laughs> Absolutely none. So wait, you're, Everything not, I know... you're not having like side conversations with Sam about this stuff? Oh, no. No, no, no. Has Sam ever contacted you? Like, do you have any, like, any email with him ever? Or No, no email with Sam ever. Um, He might have responded to a couple of my tweets Mm. over the years. But no, we have, and liked, even, he just has even liked only a handful Mm. of my tweets. Yeah. Um, So, no, there's absolutely no relationship there. Everything I've... I know about Spelling Bee either comes from reading interviews with him, Mm -hmm. uh, articles that Deb Amlin has written for the New York Mm -hmm. Times, or just what I can deduce by playing around with it and examining it. By being a student of the bee. Exactly. (laughs) Do you actually get to do I'm a bee student. (laughs) I think we should go back in time and ask about uh, Bill a little bit. What do you think, Jen? I think first let's ask, like, who are you, Bill? Wow. I've been trying to figure that out for 55 years. <laughs> no joke. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm a, a kid uh, who grew up mostly in Utah, uh, who, uh, you know, I came from a, a large LDS family. 
and later on decided that wasn't the life for me and pretty much alienated everybody that I had grown up with my whole mm. life and moved to New York City uh, with the dreams of becoming a famous best-selling science fiction ah, writer. Ah, <laughs> cool. And you haven't not achieved your goals. of. I mean, you are, as we said at the top, a Nebula and Hugo award yeah. yes yeah. so you have gotten some, some recognition I've, I've for gotten your some writing. recognition i haven't really uh published any novels to speak of yet but about three dozen short stories and you know and i've spent time working on various other projects during that time but in my head writing is always the thing that i do more than anything else and I, uh, i've branched mm. out into poetry in the last few years and and published you know half a dozen poems here and there uh and uh, I wrote a memoir that came out in 2015, and I spent a long time on that. The memoir is called? The memoir is called The Accidental Terrorist, Confessions of a Reluctant Missionary. Mm -hmm. Which I have only just started to read, Ooh. but I recommend. Thank you very much. I started with the excerpt, but I was like, oh, I have to go order this book right now because it's very good. Thank you. The excerpt was exciting. Yeah. Well, I can I can tease it a little bit uh, by saying, as you know, if you've read the excerpt, the prologue, uh, it's a true story of how in 1987 I was arrested as a Mormon missionary in Canada for making a terrorist threat against an airline. Uh, and to be arrested in Canada of all places. I know. In Canada. I didn't think they arrested yeah. anybody in Canada. In 1987. <laughs> you know, they barely had electricity and running water. Not really Canada. I love Canada. I love Canada too. I was going to say, we're big Canada fans. Yeah. We may all have to move there. But... <laughs> um, I wanted to ask you about the role of puzzling in your life. Have you always been a person that has liked to do puzzles? Pretty much, yeah. I really don't remember when I would have encountered my first puzzle, probably in magazines like Highlights and things like that when I was a kid. Or, or my mm -hmm. parents might have bought me mm -hmm. puzzle books, I'm, I'm sure. But I loved puzzles from a young age. And I was really drawn to, I was drawn to both math and language. Uh, and I think you know, mm -hmm. puzzles fit very comfortably in the intersection of those, especially word puzzles. Mm -hmm. There's so many mathematical concepts and, you know, linguistic concepts that apply to both and that, that feed into it. I was just fascinated with puzzles as, as a kid. I remember having a subscription to Games Magazine. Of course. Back when Will Shorts edited it. That was, that was a great magazine. Mm -hmm. And as I became an adult in New York... I weirdly found myself on the fringes of sort of puzzle society, I guess. I'm, mm. I'm friends with someone who's had several, ah. a, a lot of puzzles in the New York Times and is a, is a puzzle editor, Francis Heaney. Cool. Um, and I've gotten to know a few other people on, on the fringes of that world who um, do puzzles. And all these associations came through, you know, other means, you know, mostly, mostly through online uh, music fan forums ah. um, or and through a cd mix trading club i used to be in <laughs> there, was a, there was a group of us that That's francis great. was in yeah we would meet every month we started in 2004 and everyone would make a cd mix and burn like 12 15 copies and we'd go meet at a bar and and uh, pass them around and that's swap so cool. CDs. Don't you yeah. kind of miss those good days? Idea. Like, it's so great miss, to get yeah. any music you want anytime, but still, yes. it was kind of fun to have to curate your music, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. And to curate something really cool that you wanted to impress your friends yeah, with. Yeah, yeah. I think that we need to pose a challenge to Bill, which is that <laughs> we, well, I, Cecilia, you probably haven't listened to it, created a Spotify playlist to do my spelling bee to. And we want to hear I would Bill's like to hear Spotify Bill's. playlist. Yeah. Oh, Bill's okay. bee playlist. My bee playlist. All right. I'll yeah. have to come up with something then and, right. and get back to you. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I did. When I was in the mix club, I made a whole series of uh, of mixes that were based around, you know, stupid rules. Like <laughs> every every song on this mix needs to have just a four-letter word for the title. Oh, good. That's <laughs> or, a good one. Or really two, two four-letter words. Yeah. Can I, you I just revive this club like and let us join? <laughs> <laughs> so it's going to have to actually make a CD because that's not happening anymore. No, sure. we'll these these days, we, we do meet up in person every few months. To, oh, well, it, that's it's cool. Been on, it's been on hold during the, yeah, the pandemic, yeah, but we're yeah. going to we're gonna try to meet again soon. And most people these days will just make a Spotify playlist. Yeah, so. yeah. Oh, it's great. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Come join That's us. Uh, did you ever um, have an idea that you wanted to be a puzzle editor or like, have you tried to get crosswords in the times, any of that kind of stuff? I always have this thought in the back of my head that I'm going to try constructing a crossword puzzle at some point. And I've, I've tried a few times, uh -huh. but I've never gotten very far. But I've, I've talked to a couple of, of people who at least one was acting like yeah i'd be your mentor on making a crossword mm -hmm. puzzle but i just i haven't had time yeah. to really do it yeah I, I remember i was working on a crossword puzzle when i was in college i just my my biggest memory of my physics class the intro to physics <laughs> is me enough. sitting in the back of the lecture hall just making a crossword yeah. puzzle <laughs> never got very far the the seed entries were ray bradbury isaac asimov and robert a heinlein nice that's a good place to start <laughs> that totally made me remember that when cecilia and i were in college we would sometimes meet up for lunch and create puzzles for each other to do Crossword puzzles. We did? Well, yep. Oh. While eating, curly, while eating curly fries. <laughs> oh, I do remember the curly fries. Oh, they were so good. Yeah. Nice. The curly fries were much oh. better than the puzzles. <laughs> Sorry, I think they were. <laughs> That's very cool. Yeah. Do you have a favorite puzzle? Like, I mean, you know, Scrabble, crosswords, uh, cryptograms. Oh, cryptograms were fun. I haven't done yeah. those for a long time. Right. Why oh, are they not man. in the paper all over the know. place anymore? I don't know. That's a good oh. question. Uh, crossword puzzle. The New York Times crossword puzzle is like is still the acne yeah. for me. Gotcha. Uh, I'm on a 791 day streak <gasps> right now. No way. So. That's oh great. My gosh. Oh, so that's you can amazing. do Friday and Saturday, huh? I can. I, I used to not be able to finish those. Yeah. I would do, you know, back in the back around 2010, I was trying those puzzles and I just could not crack them. But now. Yeah. I can do a Saturday puzzle sometimes in 10 minutes. That is Have you done competitions? No, yeah, that's another level. Francis was just telling me I should I, I should have come out to the you most totally recent. totally should. Yeah, yeah. and it's going to be super fun. Point. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. One day I'll do that. You should. We will be your fan club. All right. Jen is a crossword person. So yeah, but she I appreciates. can't do a, I am like a person that takes the whole week to do my crossword. You know, I, I pick I it up, I Wednesday, fill in a couple so. of answers. I put it down. I come back to it later. Um, do you have a favorite day of the week? Uh, 
I think at this point, Saturday is my favorite mm-hmm. day of the week, honestly, because it's it's such a challenge. Yeah. And yeah. really, I still get the feeling that I used to have looking at a Saturday grid. And it's just so scary to see <laughs> all those white squares and so few black squares. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, if you can just get a toehold, it's it starts to drop. But I also yeah. love I love Thursdays also mm. for some reason. I've never been a Sunday puzzle fan. Really? Um, I'm a Sunday oh, they're puzzler. They're so fun and they yeah. have like the clues yeah. and the funny like they things. Do. They do. Have, they have the theme. It's just for me, it's a little, it's a little too big. I would mm. rather, I would rather have something a little, a little smaller. I know yeah. I get I'm that. probably weird that way. No, yeah. that, that's, I mean, that's I how feel I like feel about, about the, the bee. bee. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bill, yes. do you have a preferred writing utensil? for your crosswording uh i just i do it on my phone you do it that fast on your phone oh my gosh yeah i can't even see it on the phone yeah. oh i used to do it in in pencil you know i've tried it in pen a few times and that's just a disaster <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's terrible but even on my phone the worst thing is i fill in the last square and it says you almost got it and then i have to hunt back and say oh uh. Where where did my stupid thumbs go wrong uh, in this puzzle? Mm-hmm. See, if you had a phablet, you wouldn't have that problem. <laughs> it all comes back to phablet. Bill, we are having so much fun talking to you and we're going to keep doing it. So we're going to end this interview here and we're going to pick up with the rest of it next week. Is that all right? Oh, yeah. That'd be fine. Yay! Yeah. More Bill Double next bill. week! <laughs> Double Bill. Double Good. Bill. I'm, I'm just... I'm delighted to have uh, had a chance to chat with you. This has been a lot of fun. We're so glad that you've been here. This is great. So come back again next week to hear the rest of our interview with Bill. And if you're not already acquainted with Bill, which I guess everybody (laughs) is now, you can find his Spelling Bee Solver at sbsolver.com. If you're a frequent user, consider Venmoing Bill a few bucks to help support his work. We also highly recommend that you visit his Substack, which is shun, S-H-U-N-N dot Substack dot com, where he releases weekly free essays and stories. Paid subscribers can also find his serialized urban fantasy novel root there. And of course, he's on Twitter under Be Solved. And that is it. That's the first episode of Tom Titten Baobab season two. Thanks so much for being with us. We hope you'll do it again next week. Until then, be in touch. Tweet us at Tom Baobab or email us at TomTittenBaobab at gmail.com. We want to know all about bees you like, bees you hate, words you missed, and words you'd like to know about, and also the people you'd like to hear from next. Ooh, and if you didn't think this episode was poopy, like us and leave a review on your favorite podcast app. But if you did and you're grumping, a word we didn't talk about, like my grandmama used to say, wipe your hiney and get glad. Oh, is Heine in there? Oh my God, Mm. what a perfect way to end the show. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.